Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller, here with my fellow Regional Master Instructor and dear friend, Miss Wendy Batts. How are you doing today, Wendy? I'm good, Marty. How are you? Awesome, awesome. You know, I always look forward to this time of the week. And this <laughs> you know you week, say this every week. So it's well, but, but why wouldn't I look forward to it? I get to hang out with you, and I get to hang out with all our NESM family. So, like, what gets better than that? Uh, not much. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Some people may so. say hanging out with other master instructors, but I'm going to take it for just me. So, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but this week we actually get to talk about a whole new course that was put together during this last year or so of craziness and ESM listening to the market and building off another one of the courses they put together. Launch of the home gym design course. Yes, this home gym design course I found to be very interesting because I know for myself, um, you know, I have had multiple clients come to me and ask that same question. So I want to do something with my house. I want to know what is the right equipment. This is the amount of space I have. You know, this is my budget. Can you provide me with some insight on the best equipment that's out there? What can I do on a budget? And so I think that the uh, for NASM to come up with a course and really go through as much detail and have your, you know, you guys, because Marty, you were actually one of our, our experts, uh, put this course together. I found it to be a phenomenal addition to some of the NASM offerings that we have. Yeah, it was, it was fun to work on it because just like you and I going all the way back to why we start with NASM to begin with is it's the best system, but they always keep testing the system. But with that, they always listen to what's in the market and what needs to be in the market. And obviously, outside of the amazing science that NASM puts together, it's okay, how do we you know, create a business? How do we work with clients in different uh, situations? And now one of those situations was virtually, and they did a great course on that. And the other part is a lot of the great fitness professionals out there were tasked with kind of being an expert in an area that maybe they weren't an expert in. And that's almost like, you know, being a consultant and or interior designer in a way. So this is where the home gym design course came in because we were able to go out and find people that truly had done this and understood what it was like. And we'll show a bunch of the different scenarios of, do I put it here? Do I put it there? What are my obstacles if I do this? What if it's this type of client? So this is just another way for our NASM certified trainers to, you know, look at how they can extend their career because this trend is here to stay. I absolutely agree with that comment. And that if we just go into the content or uh, content that we're going to show you on the next slide, then you're going to see exactly what we're going to discuss. So we are, we are going to show you little snippets of the course for those of you guys that have not taken one of the NASM continuing education uh, courses recently, you're going to see kind of how they set everything up on your your account now and just kind of the look and feel because sometimes I know when I read a description I'm really not sure like I think it's going to be something that I enjoy however you know I really kind of want to sneak peek and so we're hoping that today we're providing you guys with that and that if this is an area to Marty's point where you want to expand your business go in offer you know home I don't want to say home design, but it is, it's home design. Mm -hmm. So be an interior designer for, as a trainer, because you can actually, you know, get clients that way. And you can also provide a great service to people that really need it. So I think we're going to actually talk a little bit about this new release or the new course. We're going to talk some about how many CEUs you'll get for it, kind of the layout. So we're going to show you the table of contents. 
And then we're going to just see if this is a course that piques your interest. And if so, you know, NASM.org is your place to go and just hit click and you'll start as soon as you, uh, as soon as you pay for it, actually. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, the, what I like, you know, being able to have seen this from the ground up and how we were able to put this together. We had some great authors. I was more brought in to just kind of edit the course and, you know, to, to kind of review it afterwards. So I can't take any credit for, you know, what a great job they did putting it together in the sequential order. But if you look at it, it's just like anything else NASM does. It's making sure it flows in a logical progression. So when you look at the table of contents, it's, okay, where do I start? And then how do I finish with the end product being turning over kind of the home gym to the client? So, you know, if we look just first at the chapters, and then Wendy, I'd love to see your opinion is, you know, introduction to what is home gym design. And it's a lot more in depth than people think, because it may sound like, oh, I just need a piece of equipment. But if we do a needs analysis, like we would with bringing somebody in day one with a par queue or an overhead squat, it's like, okay, I can hear what you're telling me you want to do, but let me really find out the why. You know, and then we go into that planning and preparation because nothing happens overnight, clearly, when you're looking at either good luck trying to get dumbbells during the pandemic, right? They were worth oh. their weight in gold or more. Then, you know, is the gym or the home gym design, is it going to fit the goal and alignment of the individual's needs now and maybe in the future and multiple people within the family? Then, of course, you got to select the right equipment, whether it's, you know, the amount, the quantities the differentiation between the pieces, the right amount of pieces, and then brands, of course, and then obviously completing the home gym design process. So mm -hmm. it, you know, I thought it was well laid out and there's a lot of content in those major chapters, but it just made sense to me, the flow they put together. I agree. And I also think, you know, you'll see throughout our webinar, we're going to talk about the three-step process and, you know, obviously mm -hmm. we're not going to go into the in-depth, um, material that you would learn in the course, but just to kind of give you guys some foundations and also to, to make you think, because to your point, Marty, you know, you can call and say, all right, what, what equipment do you have? And somebody may have all this amazing equipment, but no space to use it. And so then is it really worth it to have all these like really fun tools, but you don't have a place in your home or in the, in the space that you've allotted to do, you know, the actual workout that you want to do. And so it has to make sense. And, um, you know, like I said, I think kind of get, getting into the three-step process a little bit more in, in detail, just about more than just reading the table of contents, I'm, I'm hoping you guys find super yeah. helpful. And I think also really finding out what the customer's needs are, not how we would design our home gym, right? So, you know, I have a couple pieces in my house and there's more I want to build out and do, but it's, I'm focused on what my wants and needs are. And my home gym wouldn't be the same for somebody else's potentially, and not even thinking about budget, just the way I like to train in my home versus why I would go to a gym. Because a lot of people now do, they still want to get into a gym, but they do want some of that safety and sanctuary in their own home and knowing that if anything ever happens, they do have what they need. So, you know, the course does describe that. So we're not saying that people are going to stop training in facilities. Some people might. But also to me, my home gym is an augment to my fitness membership. And what do I want immediately in my home that maybe I can't get elsewhere or that I just know that uh, fits my needs better by being here? 
I laugh because you say, yes, I've got a few pieces of equipment that I use and it depends on my needs. Y'all, let me just tell you, my husband is a spender. And so if something's out there and it's new on the market and it's not this gigantic heavy piece of equipment, we probably own it. If not, it's probably ordered or on its way. So we have all these random tools and, and, and it's actually to me, I love it because I get to use things and understand it. So when people come to me and said, hey, there's this new thing on the market. And can you tell me, you know, really is what, what does it do or how does it work? Or can you show me how how to use it? I'm usually pretty familiar with most, most things out there and literally probably have it in our home gym. Unfortunately, because we do have so many pieces, I don't use it all. There's, I have my go-tos and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe I need to switch up my routine. However, you need to be smart. Don't be me. <laughs> I have the to the toys as well. I was thinking more bigger goods. That's what I was thinking. Yes. yes. But yes, yes I've, I've got a couple ordered right now on the smaller side of things, but absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's covered in the course as well. Yes. So if we move on, let's actually dive deep. Let's go into it a little bit more. You know, the first question, whenever we say we have a new course, number one, well, how many CUs is it? How long is it? How much time do I have to have in order to take this? Is it really worth it? Well, again, we're going to show you kind of the meat and potatoes of what you're going to get within this course. However, um, just remember that when you go through any of our content, there is a final exam that you have to take. So from the day that you purchase it, you have exactly one year to pass your exam. So even if you purchased it today, just know that you have exactly one year from today to, to pass it and you have to have a 70 or better. The questions that it's a 50, you know, 50 question, multiple choice and you have 90 minutes to take it. So please make sure that you go through the content. I mean, it shouldn't be just something to earn CEUs. Hopefully you really want to know this information and, and it's something that you're interested in. Um, however, I'm not a strong test taker. I do get test anxiety. So for those of you guys that are out there that are me, um, just realize that you get three attempts and, you know, and just again, once you complete it, because once you take it, I know you're going to do extremely well. Um, you're going to earn 0.7 CEUs. So on average, when we get the 0.7 or 0.6 or 1.9 or whatever it is that you see, that's usually about how many hours it would take for you to really absorb, read, and focus on the content in order to do well. And so we think it would take approximately seven hours for you to complete this course and learn a lot about home gym design. Agreed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Not much to add on that one. You covered it. So. so now we'll get into the three-step process, though. So, you know, the key thing here is, what I love about NASM, and maybe it's just the way my brain works. That's why I love it. It's there has to be an order. There has to be a system. So once again, it follows suit here with the home gym design. So first the planning and preparation, fitness goal alignment, and then the equipment selection. So there are subcategories under that, but it, this gives somebody that's newer to this, a, a roadmap on how to successfully do a home gym. Now, when we talk about home gym, we're really not talking about a piece. We're talking about somebody that's come to you and said, you know what? I'm carving out an area in my house and I want a, a, a gym. Now that might be a full gym to them, or it might be like me. I want these pieces because no matter what I can do this whenever I want in this sanctity of my home. But what we have found with the planning and preparation is it starts with a piece. And before you know it, 
it does get a more elaborate with the questioning. And okay, if you have this piece, where are you going to do the rest of this? And how are you going to do this? And before you know it, that that client is like, oh, okay, I need a bigger space or the space that I have is appropriate. But uh, you know, we don't want just people to say, okay, I can get you that piece of equipment or I like this piece of equipment. It's let's look at a total solution to make sure that when the person goes through this process, they're happy with the end result. Mm-hmm. And, and just to piggyback before we even move on, I will say I have heard people and I've actually had to do this myself. There is a certain piece of equipment that I absolutely love that's out there on the market. And if I wasn't smart and we did what I would normally do, which is just purchase it because I want it. And I think it's within my budget. I think it's something that I would use every single day. And yes, I also have gym memberships and I work in a gym as well. So I I like to still go. But if I don't have time, I can do it in my home. Or when we had the pandemic, I was pretty much already set up. It's very smart to go through this process because unfortunately, one of the pieces that I want is too high. I, I have a gym in my basement and I have a drop ceiling. And unfortunately, the piece of equipment that we had was going to be taller and I was not going to be able to adjust the piece of equipment accordingly in order for me to really get the most out of that piece of equipment. So then I had to think, okay, well, that's not going to work. So what can I do that's still going to make me happy and fulfill that need that I wanted in that one particular machine? And so oftentimes, if you're not smart about it, you don't think about measurements and you don't think about room. Um, because again, you know, we're looking at up and down. What what is the the width you know that you need in order to make adjustments with some of this? And and then you need to move. So if you have like let's say a cable and you have an arm that needs to go out a certain distance, you also need to be able to move away. And if you're going to run into a wall or something like that, then that piece of equipment really is not beneficial for you. Yeah, and and this actually jumps simultaneously into number three with equipment selection. And I can give you an example. Part of it is the noise factor. So I live in a, a house in Florida. So we have these open ceiling like areas, like our second floor opens up into part of the house and the first floor. Do I put my equipment in my den, which is right next to the master bedroom? You know, so these are the type of things that when the planning comes out, it's, you know, it sounds great, but you want to really walk it through and make sure that you, you know, make the decisions now, because once the equipment shows up, it's a lot harder to return this type of stuff. <laughs> Yes. And expensive, very expensive. Yes. So if we move on to the next slide, now let's kind of take it into even more detail. Again, these are the same three steps, but, and as you mentioned, Marty, it's the same OPTs, you know, one thing's going to build upon each other to, an, to another thing, but it, you really, I think the number one thing that I have seen from this course, and you're going to see throughout it. And of course, I think just even to be successful as a, as a trainer, as a human being, you got to be able to communicate and you have to be able to communicate very clearly, even if it's something that the client isn't going to want to hear, the more honest you are, the better it is for business, Correct. as well as if you're going to take this step, because if something doesn't work or there's miscommunication and then you have a piece of equipment or something that doesn't fit or it wasn't what they expected, then it's a lose-lose situation for you both. And then you have this like tag on your name that you don't know what you're talking about when in all reality, you thought you were very clear. So I always say, write it out, be very clear and communicate through each step very clearly and make them a part of your journey. It's their house, their money. Yeah. And this is a perfect example. So when I got my first piece of equipment that I wanted, you know, I had it in our office at first. So there was plenty of space. It wasn't a space issue, but lo and behold, my wife gets back into real estate and her office is now truly her office. 
So I had two choices. I could leave the piece of equipment there and then maybe use it based on her work schedule. Or now do I redesign a different area in the house? Because what if I want to use it on a lunch break for me or at any other time? So these are those type of conversations where, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can put it here. It's like, okay, but who uses that room? How often are you going to use the room? Is it going to allow you to have the accessibility to the equipment you want? And then if you move it to another location, is that location going to be suitable and all that? So this is where having a game plan. And when you come in with this approach and someone talks to you, they probably never thought it was going to be this detailed. It really does elevate your ability to charge for these services. And we do cover that and we'll show that as well. Yes. And I think it's important, not just for you having to move the equipment and thinking about the room and the noise, but also the flooring. I think the mm -hmm. flooring is really important because I know that there was a gym actually in Arizona um, that I did not help design. However, it looked amazing, but it had bamboo flooring. Ooh. And so while it looked beautiful, when you're trying to do something on the ball, if that floor was very slick, which it was always slick, people were easily you know, falling off the ball. And again, that's a liability. And then when you start slamming stuff against it or you drop a weight, then you're going to crack that board and, and then you're going to have to replace it. Or just think if you've got, you know, that really plush carpet and you're a sweater. I mean, again, I've told you guys about some of my clients. I mean, they're gross. I mean, I make them wear a hoodie because when they jump or do anything, sweat goes flying everywhere. So is that a room or is that an area that that's okay to do? And, you know, if you're looking for this area to be pristine and you want to have, you know, a non-stinky area, you also want to think about, you know, all of those components because it really does and should factor into how, and where you put your equipment. Yeah, the carpet's no go. No, but you know, you got to work with what you have. So some people, you, if you have to, then keep your, your carpet, but then put the flooring down on top mm. of it. There are other alternatives with, without having to rip out your carpet. Just know that. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so let's talk about money. <laughs> Show Absolutely. me money. <laughs> there you go, Jerry Maguire. I like it. So the, the interesting thing is sometimes this starts out as a trainer's doing a favor. And then before you know it, you're 10 hours in, 20 hours in, 30 hours in. So this is where, again, in the course, we talk about how to set the tone right off the bat. Eventually, people may hire you for that service. But, you know, again, if someone's just asking for a quick favor and it's your client, we totally understand that. But the key thing is not to get taken advantage of by just being, oh, well, you're my trainer. Help me design this. Well, your time is worth something. And if you're going to research flooring, research electrical, research the equipment, the installation and all that, you have to be able to put a price on that. So you'll see here, we came up with three different ways. You can have a flat fee, say I charge a thousand dollars and you know, here's, here's what I'll accomplish or an hourly rate and or a margin or finder's fee. So again, this will come up here at the end, but the equipment manufacturer that I work for out of respect to people that are referring business to us, there can be a finder's fee. Now we always, you know, suggest that you may want to be forthcoming with that to the individual, however you want to do that. But you've got three ways to, to decide how you want to make money from your expertise. The key thing though, is be upfront on any of these three ways and, or, you know, don't wait till after you're 10 or 15 or 20 hours into it. But the course does a really good job of explaining the benefits of all of these three. And then you will fall into something that fits best for your circumstances. And it could be different client by client. And I think, you know, as as NASM's, you know, certified personal trainers, we obviously get these discounts 
uh, with some of our products. And if you don't know where that is, when you log into your to NASM.org and you log into your account, if you look under, you know, you can see who our partnerships are. And so if you are using like some of the equipment and you get a discounted rate, like to Marty's point, you can tell that client that or not. However, I'm always very open saying, hey, I can get this at a discount for you. So let me order it. Let me help you do this because then they're always going to come to me. And whether I, let's say, get 50% off and then I give them 30% off, it's still 30% off cheaper to them, but I gain 20% of that as well. And so there are a lot of different factors that you could do. Um, or if you really like that client, I just give them the full rate off, you know, if, if it comes to it, because I want them to bring me other business and I know that they're a good client to have. And so, you know, again, that's when you start to think about yourself as a business, like what's going to make sense. But if you go in saying I can help give you a discount for this, sometimes that's a that's automatically get your foot in the door because everyone wants to pay less money for something like that. Yeah. And you can do a flat fee, say, hey, you know, if you don't train with me, I'm, I can design your gym here with my fee. If you do training and however you do your packages or training sessions, you can always have like an A, B and C or a good, better, best. But the key thing is charge for your services. Absolutely. And that's hard because people are scared to ask for money. And we've noticed that we've seen it on Facebook. We hear it all the time. How do you tell them your rates? And what if they give you the, wow, that seems really high. Well, that's my rate and I'm worth every penny of it. And if you don't like it, there's somebody else that may be cheaper, but see if they can get you to the same results. You have to have that mindset and you have to believe in yourself as a trainer. And whether you're doing this and helping them out as a friend to Marty's point, or you're actually making this a part of your business, just know that you are worth every penny of whatever it is you charge, as long as it makes sense, as long as it's competitive, like, you know, obviously don't charge a thousand bucks if everybody in your area, you know, they, that's not remotely close to like some of those rates that you might see, you know, like if they're astronomical or maybe even too low, charge more, mm -hmm. be confident. You can do it. <laughs> Let's talk location, Marty. Yeah. So we're not going to go into, into massive detail on each one of these because they do a really good job laying out in the course, but there's a big difference between designing something in the garage. I live in South Florida. I have looked at using my third car garage area as a gym and I haven't found the way I want to do it yet because I need, I need to redo the concrete like and put a flooring down and I would need an air conditioner in there. So it just hasn't something I haven't worked out the details yet. It's a great open space, but again, are you going to enjoy the atmosphere? There's no windows and all of these things that you, you, you know, it sounds great. Oh, I want a gym in my garage and you get in there. It's hot, humid. There's no circulation at all. And there's no windows. So not saying you can't build a beautiful garage gym, but you want to go into that environment and understand it may cost me more to do a, a gym in my garage because I want to use it all year and I need to do something with the air where if I put it in my house, now I've already eliminated one of the biggest issues is the air and, you know, the scenery and windows, et cetera. So, you, you know, you'll see some of the bullet points there that we go over. It's a great space, but often it's like, oh, it's kind of depressing in here. So you have to factor those type of things in. You are so high maintenance because I had a gym in my Arizona uh, garage, by the way, and it's hot as Hades there. If you've never been to Arizona, did you summer, use it? Yeah, I did. You could have it, but I if you don't use it, I would run on the treadmill, like because that was my big thing too. Is it was too hot to be under the sun. No, I would just get a big fan 
Okay, so there are some other alternatives. Marty's going to put full-blown air conditioner in his, but I'm, I use a fan. So, again, I don't I go to that extreme. It could be for my other family <laughs> member. I'm just saying. It's but an option. It is definitely oh. an option. But it is smart to consider that, too, because, again, with, with me and in, in being in Arizona, I had to be very careful because of the temperatures. And so if you have like a lot of tubing and everything like that, you wouldn't want to leave that outside because over time it can actually make those snap because they could become weaker because of the heat. And so I was just giving you, I was just playing with you, Marty, but yes, no, I, no, loved, totally. I loved, I loved my garage space and I did use it, but I had to be very strategic mm -hmm. and what could stay out in the summer times and, and what I needed to just kind of bring in and out with me in a bag. So. I agree, but I am high maintenance. <laughs> You are, you know, you're the girl in this relationship. <laughs> okay, that works. Uh, the living room. Talk to me about the living room, Marty. So the living room, it could be one of two things. Is the type of equipment you have in there should be maybe part of a showcase or centerpiece. You may want to spend a little more money to that way, you know, if, if you leave it in there, it kind of is like, hey, I'm a fitness person. Look at this cool piece of equipment I have in my living room. You may need to focus on noise and other factors, or can you find something that is easily collapsible or somewhat foldable? And then that way it doesn't take up your entire living room. So there's a lot of different ways that Wendy, you already talked about is something in the bag I can grab. I can lay out a mat real quick and boom, I'm done. Now I have a home gym, but it's, it's a setup. It's a system and it, it, it easily works within the space. You don't want to be moving furniture all the time because then you're less likely to do it. So, and then the other thing is, if it's in the living room, am I going to be able to exercise to the frequency that I want based on what else goes on in the family, right? So it's it's a common area and a, a good space, especially if you're doing something that is being projected up on the TV. You know, you're following a type of workout and maybe you just need a mat and some, you know, a place for body weight and some light dumbbells, et cetera. And it's not a, a big setup. But again, we, we will get into personas as well. Somebody that likes CrossFit is not going to work out in the living room. They're definitely building out the garage good to know you don't want barbells slamming on your floor is that what you're saying probably not <laughs> breaking the vase in the corner <laughs> probably not all right let's move to the next location so let's talk about of course the basement we've kind of you know i again yep. i have mine in the basement and i love it but you have to think about the drop ceilings and you also have to think about you know for me i have i use some suspended I have a suspended or suspension trainer um, and I can't, I can't put that on my ceiling because I don't have like an actual piece. Well, I probably do if I took out a piece of the drop ceiling and actually found like a beam that could hold it. However, I didn't want a piece of my ceiling missing. So then I had to get a door anchor in order to use that. And so there are some considerations when it comes to the basement to consider. And then of course, outdoors, think about the time, the location, the weather, I mean, that's a big thing. And are you, is it your space that you have? Like, is it like your backyard or a place that, you know, that you pretty much rent out? And if so, is it, think about the equipment being outside or think about the heat and think about the cold. So there are some things that you want to think about there too, as well as water damage. I mean, we, you know, unfortunately are seeing what's going on right now with the flooding and there are people that have stuff in their basement. And unfortunately those pieces of equipment or things in their basement are getting ruined due to water. Yeah. In Florida, I have to worry about humidity, right? I could have, like, mm -hmm. we have a, a covering on our back patio. It's concrete or whatever it is. It's solid. But if I had a piece of equipment out there during certain times of the year, 
the humidity could potentially uh, deteriorate that very quickly and not have to worry about mold and things like that because of the, the moisture in the air. So again, maybe it's something where you have a case out there and you can easily open it up and bring it out, or it's maybe you have an outdoor gym for seven or eight months of the year. So, you know, it's a great space, but you, you want to protect your assets that you're investing in. Mm-hmm. And in the basement too. I mean, I have like uh, two, or, well, two or three, it depends on the time of year, dehumidifiers running all year round, mm-hmm. all year. And so, you know, it, it's super important. And to your point, Marty, you want to make sure that everything stays dry and there's not a lot of humidity because it really, especially if it's things that have oil, they're oil based, like machines and stuff, you don't want that running and ruining, you know, your flooring or whatever the case may be yep. or rusting out would not, not be good. No. No. All right. Strategies. Tell me about some needs versus wants. Yeah. So this comes down to where everybody might think they, I kind of see it on both ends. They think they need a piece for their home gym or they want everything. And sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. If you're going to make an investment, you want to make sure that you're going to actually use it. So if you have enough, you know, that way, you know, some people just think they need just foam rollers and bands. Well, that might get old after a while. That might not be enough. Or some people deck out the entire gym and then they just don't ever use it for other reasons. So, you know, really just making sure that you focus on truly what are the current needs. And then maybe you can add on to that after there's been some success in use or, you know, do you want to leave some space for some new stuff that comes out? Because in this industry now, you know, back in the day it was, you know, barbells, dumbbells, selectorized. Now there's always new stuff. So sometimes you purposely leave a little space in case something new pops in. Well, and I want to, before we even move on, Marty, this just popped in my head because, you know, you say something and it triggers something. There are people like I go to people's homes and they have a section that that is for them to work out. So their home gym, if you will. And to your point, it may be in the living room in a space or it may be in their basement or they may just actually have a true home gym. One thing to think about if you are a trainer and you're going to be doing this and you're building your own space out. Think about the location because, you know, there were some, there was somebody that actually had their gym in a bedroom. And to your point, it wasn't noise, but then it's like, you've got these random people walking upstairs into where, you know, you may have your kids sleeping if they sleep in one day, or if you have early morning clients, like I have a client that comes to my house at 6am on Fridays. And so he has to sneak upstairs, make sure my ring is turned off and then, or, you know, up the stairs to get to my front door. And then we go down into the basement. So we don't interrupt anybody in my family. So when we talk about this allotted space and we talk about minimizing interruptions, you want to think, you also want to think about safety and you, you know, especially if they're a new client, I mean, hopefully you don't just allow strangers into your home. However, you want to be really smart about, you know, people coming in and out of your house and make sure that it makes sense. Yeah. And because the home gym design could be for you to have people train or you Mm -hmm. could be consulting in somebody else's home gym. Yes. Perfect. So, you know, again, there's a lot of different things in the needs versus wants, but I think we covered that. So the other thing that we do is to guide it. We, as you'll see here, as we talk about personas, because there's a lot of different locations and there's a lot of different mindsets on what people want. So again, we're not going to go into great detail, but here's somebody that at first thinks they want their garage to be the gym. So we go through that persona, asking the questions and making sure one is the right space. And that two, it's going to meet their needs. That's the most important thing. And then if we Nothing go to, to add, Wendy. no, not really, because okay. again, we want you guys just to kind of see that we're trying to set you up for success when you're taking this course. 
So to Marty's point, we're going to show you just three different personas just so you can see this is what is actually from the course. We've got Sally now, as you know, she's got her aerobic and endurance client and, you know, she's thinking about doing something in her bedroom. Again, just think about what I just said, you know, is that smart? Is it not? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe your significant other doesn't sleep in the same room with you, or maybe you work out at different times where it doesn't matter. However, you know, for me, it's either super early in the morning or late at night, and there's really not a lot of in-betweens. And so that would probably be a no-go in my home. <laughs> Agreed. And then we got Jack. Tell us about Jack. Well, weight left in her basement. I just want to make sure, can we get everything down there, right? Because, you, you know, you could have all, like, when you're talking about, I know uh, maybe the piece you're thinking about, but, you know, you want a half rack or you want this heavy equipment. Can you safely get it in and out of the basement at least one time, right? Maybe you sell it with the home, of course. But, you know, these are the type of things that, you know, it might be good to be in the basement because if there's extra noise and the floor might be uh, better suited for that type. But, you know, these are, you know, just considerations you need to put into it when you're looking at it for sure. And one thing I will add is when I moved to Georgia, you know, we knew that we were going to have the space and make a gym. And there were some things from my Arizona basement that we brought with us, one of them being a treadmill. And this treadmill mm -hmm. did everything. It connected to the internet. It had a TV. It had all this stuff on it. It had a fan built into it. Like it was the thing that I absolutely loved, loved this thing. Unfortunately, when we tried to move it in to my house, it didn't fit. The actual um, uh, main monitor, I don't know what you call that, but the, you know, the main piece didn't fit with the treadmill itself. So we had to take it apart. And unfortunately it broke. So when we tried to put it back together, even though we had to disconnect certain pieces, we could get it in, but then it's like, well, I ended up literally a month later having to give it away because there was some, you know, it short circuited. It, there was a you know, a bunch of different things. There's nothing like running on a treadmill and all of a sudden you're running and you're trying to do sprints. And then that thing just stops. Yes. That is a true story that happened to moi. So don't let that happen to you. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to highly recommend a dedicated circuit for all treadmills. Oh, it wasn't even the circuit. It was the fact that when they we took it apart, and this was a professional that took it apart, y'all. It wasn't just me trying to figure this out, like looking in a sure. book. Like, yeah, right? And I, yeah, yeah, it just was not good. It was a bunch of money that was thrown down in the, the drain there. So, yeah. And if you guys ever watch Friends, who you didn't? know all about the pivots. So bring us into the installation process, Marty, because this is more, yes. this is really more you. Yeah, this you really got to map it out because I, I bought um, a treadmill for my wife. And lo and behold, we have two doors for our uh, entry, which is phenomenal. I'm like, we're good. But then when you go into her office, it's an immediate right turn followed immediately by another immediate right turn. Not good for the treadmill. You're not going to be able to pivot that quickly and sharp we tried but the good news was i had the installer come who was an expert at taking the display off and putting it back on because i had a that's the word i was looking for display the display <laughs> that big thing i know i was where, like you know that big monitor piece there you go display the display Sorry. so and i knew this was an investment on our part and i'm like i am not I measured it. I'm like, we might be able to do the 90-90 angles, this angle, that. I knew the weight of it. We had the right amount of people. One happening. But he was the guy, took 20 minutes, take it off, 20, move it quick, easy, put it in, 20 minutes, put it back up. 
it was worth the couple hundred dollars because there's just mathematically with the angle, it wasn't going right. So I knew that ahead of time. I was like, all right, make sure he's there just in case. And lo and behold, that was one of my better decisions. Well, there you go. I tried that too, but my decision obviously didn't work. My installer thumbs down. Should give him a bad review on Yelp. <laughs> Got to get the right one. Right one. Um, well, Marty, we I, we put this in here, you guys, because Techno Gym was a partner in this home a gym design course. And you know, if you've never used any of the Techno Gym products, I use them. We have them all um, out, outfitted in our gym. NASM uses them. You've seen me do videos with my husband Tony with this um, wonderful piece that you see here on the screen. And of course, Marty, uh, you know, he actually works for Techno Gym. And so we put this on here because A, we want to thank Techno Gym for letting, you know, to being one of our amazing partners. But just to give you guys a little background of why Techno Gym really is exceptional, I think Marty, you know, I know you were like, well, you know, let's, uh, let's just put a few things on here. I mean, we could have put slides and slides about this, this company, but do you want to just tell us a little bit about Techno Gym? Sure. So I've been blessed to now be their vice president of education training for going on four years. So we are truly partnered with NASM and Techno Gym. And I always say I work with NASM because I want to, because there's no other content or information I want to digest. Same thing from an equipment standpoint. There's a lot of great stuff out there, but I'm, I'm spoiled that how Techno Gym really puts the extra effort and energy into design research. So it mirrors very well. So when we were looking, when I was wearing the NASM shirt, we were looking at the content. We knew there was maybe something missing. So a couple of the designers from NASM said, hey, what if we put some stuff in there about what you guys do at Techno Gym? Because we really do go to the nth degree with our design and our layouts and to make sure that people get full home gym solutions. So what we did is we put a bonus module in there. And one of the pieces is the Techno Gym bench. And it's just a great very small, very sleek. That's how Technogym designs the equipment to be a centerpiece of the room and or very uh, space savvy. So it's got content and all that. But the good news that I can announce, I don't know when, but in the partnership, Technogym has donated a few of these benches, Technogym bench, to NASM. So NASM is going to do a promotion for anyone taking this course that they can win one or two of the – one person can't win both, but there might be two winners, I want to be clear, of a Techno Gym bench. So that is up to NASM to push out. So it might be coming out in the next week to 10 days. But we want to, again, you know, support NASM and uh, with our side from Techno Gym and vice versa. It goes in both directions. So two great companies that I get to kind of be in the middle of, you know, just going out to make great content, great equipment and getting people healthy. Yes. And for those of you guys that don't know what the, the techno gym bench is, just to kind of give you a little bit more about it. Um, as you can see, it's, it's something that you can use when you're, you know, when you want to lay on something, it's, it's a solid, true piece of equipment. Um, but underneath it, as you can see, there's storage where you, it actually comes with dumbbells and then you can store those dumbbells in the actual piece of equipment. And then it has some um, tubing where there's pieces where you can attach tubing to do some of the resisted um, pieces uh, utilizing tubing and being a good uh, foundational structure because it's not going to move when you try to pull it. That thing is so heavy. Um, but when I say it's heavy, you can also lift up one side and move it. So, so there are like a lot of really cool features with this Techno Gym bench. And, um, and I think they did a really good job kind of putting it all in one area. So if you only were using this in your living room, you could, you know, pick it up, move it where you wanted it to be and then bring it out when you needed it as well. 
It's a nice word. And I, this is one of the pieces that I have, shockingly. I do too. How about that? <laughs> I know where you got it too. Yes. Yeah. It helps to know people y'all. Um, yes. So our key takeaways in this was just basically we wanted to introduce you a little bit to the home gym design and we wanted you to really think about broadening your business because this could be an avenue that maybe you didn't even think that you could do. And this is another marketing, you know, so another marketing piece that can enhance your business and bring in more, um, you know, more money to you if that's what you want to do. So you want to think about the market. If this makes sense to you, this is a really great course. Also want to think about game plan, you know, for yourself. How would you market it? Why would you market it? You want to be very good with spacing. And then you also want to think, too, when you are going out, if this is something that your client asks you to help with or hires you to do, you have to have a game plan. So go through the three steps that we talked about. Remember, you have to be able to communicate Think about all these little things that we talked about that happened to me that's gone through with Marty. You know, when we make the pivot, you know, as, as we put that on there, it really is something that as Marty saw firsthand, as well as me, couldn't get it through the door. So you want to make sure that you think about all those little things because it can make a huge impact on um, how that client feels about your ability to design their home gym. And always remember your value. Think about a good price point that makes sense, that works for you, works for your time. And remember, charge for your time. Don't think that, you know, that you're charging too much. Charge what you're worth. And you are the only one that can determine your self-worth. Totally agree. I think this is a, a great course for people. You know, Wendy, you and I are on the Facebook page, the uh, NASM Certified Personal Trainers Facebook page, which I highly recommend anyone join because there's so many conversations and a lot of people are asking about career and how do I charge and you know, what, what else can I do for my career? Well, this is a perfect course for those type of people that are looking to extend their services. And it, it's, it's, it'll be really a good blueprint on how you can add something else that is technically definitely not going away anytime soon. Yes. And when we offer new courses through NASM, we're definitely going to bring them to the forefront for you guys, because sometimes, you know, you're, you may miss something like this. And like I said, think that this could be exceptional. Plus you can get maybe a free bench out of it. Um, but you also get the 0.7 CEUs. And just as a reminder, you need uh, 2.0 every two years to maintain your certification, 1.9 with education and 0.1 with your CPR and AED certification or certificate, excuse me. So Hopefully you found this helpful, but if you have questions, you're probably going to want to reach out to Marty. But if you want to tell me hello, then you can always email me or contact me um, via email at wendy.bats at nasm.org. Or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. And then my email is there. Happy to answer any questions. Marty.miller at nasm.org. And Instagram is dr.martymiller72. And as we wrap up, Wendy, I know it's your and my favorite time of year. It's not because of all the pumpkin spice coming out that I'm putting on Facebook. That is part of it. But Optima's around the corner. So yes. if you want more and more content, education, it's Optima is going to be in October. And when do you want to tell them the good news from what I saw on it social media? It is free. Woo -woo. It is free. So all you need to do is attend, learn stuff from our amazing presenters this year. And y'all, it's free. You can get your whole 1.9 that I just talked about. And, you know, and enjoy the interaction that we have. Again, it is 100% virtual. Uh, we are not traveling this year, but maybe we will open it up in the very near future. But um, I know for myself, I'm very, very excited. I've heard about some of the presenters. And Marty, I know you actually have a session. 
So you want to tell us briefly about that session before we end it? Yes, I'm doing one that's called All the Way to the End. So I'm talking about end range of motion and accommodating resistance. But also I got a call the other day and I get to interview an amazing individual that I'm not going to say who it is, but a very inspiring story. So I'm excited. Just got off the phone with him and it's going to be awesome. So just saying, kind of get to, you know, hang out with somebody that's really cool and way above my pay grade, but um, it's going to be oh. a motivating and inspirational story. Oh, so is that the one that we're doing? Am I your motivating nope. inspiration? Oh, man. You're always <laughs> motivating, but this is an addition to. Well, an and just so to. you guys know, um, myself, Marty Miller, my um, the, his brother, Mr. Ken Miller, um, mm -hmm. not really related, however, same last name, um, Angie Miller. Another. I mean, seriously, Miller. three Millers. And then we have Rick Ritchie. We will all be doing a roundtable talking about all of our fun webinars and podcasts and topics that we discuss each and every week with you guys. So we would love to have you attend that as well. So awesome. Thanks, nice. Marty. Well, Wendy, it's been fun. As always, my favorite time of the week. So thanks, everyone, for joining. Thanks to our amazing producer in the background, Eric. And we will see you next Thursday. Take care, everybody.